All right, guys, quick message uh, pre-pod. Uh, so at the end, I talked about uh, a contest that we were running, and we're going to be running uh, a contest where you can win 250 bucks with Play Action Pool. Super easy. Basically, you can build a team of the 10 golfers. You get a budget of 3K. You can select up to 10, but you don't have to select 10, and their prices are based off the OWGR rankings. Uh, and you can give yourself a chance to win 250 bucks. Uh, so it'll be on uh, the Golf Gambling Pod Twitter. Um, we'll tweet it out to you guys. So uh, listen, don't forget to go do that, man. Quick, easy way to win 250 bucks. Put your golf knowledge uh, to the test and win some cash uh, that you can uh, can you make uh, can make uh, some more more bets on. Uh, and other than that, man, don't forget that rate and uh, review and share the show with your friends during open weeks. Uh, it's always very important to us. We appreciate uh, all the support. So other than that, let's get the pod going. This episode of the Golf Gamble Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet 50 bucks at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And we're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with your over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And don't forget to go download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, DJs, welcome back to the U.S. Open DFS fatal four way. We're doing it again. It's your boy Boston Capper with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer, and our two special guests, and Elac and Nagels Bagels. Boys, are we ready to do it tonight? Yeah, I feel fantastic. Let's go. We feel good about this week, right? Like, uh, I mean, both you and Steve have done extensive uh, course breakdowns. I've found out something that's called a chocolate drop that I was very interested in yes. because it sounds awesome. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, apparently the people of Reddit did not appreciate my uh, long previews uh, that I oh, put out the last 24 fuck hours. Them, Steve. Fuck them. Wait, what? Can I get some backstory on that? <laughs> oh, I, I, there was a comment that uh, someone can't believe I get paid to write this shit. So, oh. yeah, I know. Oh uh, no! You should be very proud of that. That that article that's, was fantastic. It's okay. It's okay. That's, I just I'm just gonna put a chip on my shoulder like Rory had last week. It's okay. It's all good. All that's good. also how you know you made it, right? When Clearly. you have when you have when you get your first trolls. I had a guy start a Twitter account uh, that was called Andy Lax Water Bottle. What? And it was just a Twitter account that just retweeted all my stuff, and it was just a picture of a water bottle. Because if you look at my Twitter profile. There's a sliver of a water bottle in profile picture. So what the dude did was he zoomed in on the water bottle and made a Twitter account, Andy Lacks Water Bottle. That is a shout out to him. Maybe he's maybe he's listening. He's he's a big fan of my content. <laughs> That's awesome. Clearly. So why don't we kick off some U.S. Open content? And uh, Jeff, why don't we start with you? And because you know. You're a great guest of our show. You are a big Xander fan. And a conversation we had last month about how Xander struggles in the wind. And I tried to debunk it for you. And I couldn't. I came up light. I came up very – I could not find a lot of instances where he's been very good in the wind. So now we come to the U.S. Open where he's dominated the U.S. Open. So he's what, like five straight top tens. Seems like he's got a favorable wind draw this week, at least for the first two rounds. Maybe some wind kicks up during the weekend, though. So I guess let's start with you. How's the temperature with you with Xander this week as far as maybe you get some weather conditions that might be a little favorable from this week? 
Uh, all right. Well, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I I don't know actually. My I'm gonna I'm gonna be up there. Last year, I was there in Torrey Pines and followed Xander around for a couple of days with Andy Lack, and uh, you know he hit the ball great and just he mess around with his putting stance and everything else, and that was a bit of a disaster. Yeah, this is the U.S. Open. This is where he's uh, pretty much shined with uh, five straight top sevens to start his career. I don't know. I really, I'm really, I haven't really decided. I don't know. But karma wise, I'm usually big on feel and energy and that type of thing. Like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there, and you know, things are good. So is this all going to come together? Is this going to be my moment? And I'm not, I don't even, I don't care about that. I don't, I don't, I don't care if he, there's talk of this, the Saudi league, we mentioned it before. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of laying low with the, with the Xander stuff. But as far as the win goes, I saw on this show sheet, you said, let's talk about Nagel's Xander win theory. It's not really a win theory. I was just, he got a bad draw in the players. The PGA was kind of goofy. The Masters was goofy with the weather. And, you know, he plays well in Phoenix. You know, it's kind of domish. And he's won in Hawaii. And there was never really any major issues down in Eastlake. So in all these places where he's performed well, there's never really, it's never really been a, a factor. But yeah, he can grind it out. But to win, to overcome that, I just feel like it's just, just making a lot of excuses for him, and I'm tired of doing that. And if he wants to go out and win the U.S. Open this week in a favorable win draw or 15-mile-an-hour wins, then, yeah, go, go for it. That'd be great. But I'm not uh, – I, really I don't really have like a gut feeling. I've, I've had so many in the past that have always come up empty, and I'm just not ready to go back to that well again. Like he won, like he beat me. Like I can't, I can't do it anymore. Well, there's too many players. With that being said, I feel great about my Xander out right now, and I have a fun little fact about Xander in DFS when we get to that range. Okay, so we are you already spoiled who your favorite pick in the nine thousand dollar ranges then. Well, I I have a fun fact about. Oh, fun fact. I don't. I don't have to talk about him. I like it. Just depends on who you guys talk about. All right. All right, Andy, why don't we transition to you? So one of the things that Capper and I, he pushed back on me, and maybe it was taken a little bit out of context, is the issue about scrambling this week. And what I found looking at past U.S. Opens is, logically, it should be something that really matters. But if you look at past top 10s, it's been kind of volatile. Some years it's mattered a lot. Some years it hasn't. I struggle to find a good correlation as far as where it mattered and where it didn't. You know, either like everybody was missing greens or smaller greens, fast greens. Like the closest thing I probably came was it seemed like it mattered in severely undulated greens, but that was kind of a dicey little correlation. So I'm so, I, honestly, I'm struggling with how to handle scrambling this week. So I want to ask you, as somebody who studied this golf course as well, is is scrambling something you're really valuing this week, or is it something that's kind of like, you know, it's good if you have it, but as long as you're not just Victor Hovland or anything, yeah, it's something I can look past if you're good at a couple other things. Are you talking about scrambling as a stat or like around the green play? Just around the green game. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought you were talking about scrambling as a stat. No, no just in general, that. 
Yeah, you're nuts. The greens and regulation percentage is going to be like 50% here. They're like the smallest fucking greens in the world. Okay. I'd be shot and they're going to be long irons. There's it's it's when you go through the holes like you you map out and it's a lot more longer irons. I guess maybe the case would be if you don't drive it in the fairway, you're not going to be able to hit a long iron out of the rough. Right. So maybe you're going to have to weigh up short of the green and hit like a wedge from 80 yards onto the green. And then maybe short game doesn't matter as much. But yeah, you got the greens are tiny here. So I think the best iron players in the world are going to even miss greens. I mean, we talked about me and Jeff talked about this in our Sunday thing where we were like it's either going to turn into a short game fest or the best iron player in the world is going to win. And those are still the two likely outcomes, right? Like either, you know, the guy who wins is probably going to hit the most greens in regulation, right? Um, but if you're looking for a guy to finish second, third, fourth, fifth, like we are in DraftKings, I think you need to have a short game, no? Well, so here's my counterpoint. I'm not saying you're wrong. I have two things that Mabel played devil's advocate with. First of all, I'm looking at Wingfoot. The field, the green regulation rate that week was 52%. And generally speaking, the guys in the top 10 were great scramblers overall, at least coming into the U.S. Open. I see it also at, at Pebble Beach back in 2010. That was 51%. They were mostly just ball strikers. They didn't scramble that great. And then conceptually wise, when I think about we're scrambling and just around the green really matters, like tight lies, like kind of like mm -hmm. we saw at Southern Hills, kind of like we saw at Augusta. And sometimes when we get into situations where it's really thick, rough around the green, sometimes it turns a little bit of a luck box. Like, for example, let's talk mm -hmm. about your chocolate drop theory. Let's put Jordan Spieth on one, the side of one of those chocolate drops. and He's buried under it. doesn't matter how good a scrambler you are. If it's a bad lie, you're probably not going to get it close. So I struggle with that sometimes with when you get really thick, rough around the green, does it take a little bit of the skill out of it? I know Bryson has made comments about it of he prefers it when there's thick, rough around the green because you kind of just slide a club underneath and just pop it. So it's hobbling. Kind of yeah. yeah, right. So I think for me this week is obviously I don't want somebody who's a train wreck, but for looking at, I guess, like what's important to me this week is what I notice is that anytime there's a U.S. Open with really tiny greens, iron plays matter the most. And that's mm -hmm. priority one off the tee. I think it's going to matter a lot. It's mattered the last four or five as far as the strokes gain heading in. And listen, if, if you're above average scrambler, at least in the stats wise, that's good. That passes my smell test at least. As long as you're just not hovling this week or anything, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm okay with passing on it. So I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I think there probably is less skill involved. I think there's still a lot of skill involved chipping out of thick rough. And I think a lot of these guys, I heard today, somebody say from the grounds, like one of the players is like, we want to be in bunkers here. Cause yeah, I it, think was, it the, was, it was Herbert. It was the right. Year. Your boy, your my boy. boy, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause I think the, you're right. There's a lot of variability in the uh lie right so yeah. if you you know it's a lot of the luck of the draw with that but i still think there's going to be enough situations over a large table says that's crazy that winged foot was 52 percent greens and regulation percentage those greens are fucking huge so if i think foot was 52 i think this is going to be like 46. So, so part of the reason might be because it was so penal out of the rough there from the fairway guys are just hacking on their third was like from I don't know, 75 yards or something. Because right. that, that's the flaw with that stat of like scrambling and like everything like that is 
they're not hitting. If you're in the fairway, you're not hitting the green regulation. So that might be something to do with it. But I don't know. I mean, like, I, I it has rained a little bit there. That may have softened up the greens. Now, I've heard otherwise from our Slack channel. Apparently, some guys are down on the ground, and the greens apparently are still rock hard. Mm-hmm. So I've heard too. I've watched a couple of videos yep. on that today too. Homa, like, Homa chipped the ball out right on the thing. And I mean, mm-hmm. it looked like it was going to stop. And then it just rolled another like 15 feet. And he might have popped it out of the rough like a foot right. and a half. Right. I mean, listen, the good news for at least the guys I picked, they at least have some semblance of a short game. It just was an interesting point that kind of came across in my research. And I want to pick your brain on just because I've, I've, I go back and forth about when it matters, when it doesn't. And that's just something I struggled with this week. And I'm glad we had that conversation. So, um, so I guess Jeff, going back to you, uh, what are some things you're looking for this week as far as guys uh, you want to target in a DraftKings lineup? Yeah, well, you know, when you mentioned that that short game theory like two weeks ago, that's all I've been thinking about. And Cam Smith and short grass and thick rough, and I've been trying to figure it out. And I really like what you put in your article. Everyone should check that out. It's long, but it's worth it. And um, but what am I looking for? I'm uh, big on U.S. Open pedigree. Uh, a lot of the venues where they hold the U.S. Open, they're a little bit different. So maybe you can try to find some comps. We were talking about Pebble Beach a little bit. It turns out just a shorter golf course uh, than some of the bigger ones that they've played. But I, when it comes to the majors, I look at major pedigree, U.S. Open pedigree. This this week, uh, I like experience. And yes, around the green game would be uh, around the green game would be important, of course. You mentioned you brought up the side hill uh, and the undulation of the the fairways and the green types and all those different factors that we usually talk about on a on a regular basis. So I'm not really like being very stat specific, more more of a uh, conceptual. What conceptual? You're being more conceptual. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, based on uh, U.S. Open tournament history and major history and just pedigree more so than what they're around the green numbers are. Yeah, I mean, I mean that makes sense. I mean, if you look at the past couple of U.S. Opens, it's basically been a big boys club. Like, most of these top tens have been some of the best players. Where I think the average OWGR of guys inside the top ten in the past uh, four U.S. Opens have an average ranking of 27. So, yeah, it's it for a lot of stuff that I came up with, too, it's kind of like, all right, these guys look good in the stats page. You know, as far as, like, Guys up top, I'm kind of up with narratives I kind of like. Andy, what about you? We talked about scrambling. Anything else you're really weighing heavily this week? I don't think that you can win a U.S. Open without being like dominant off the tee. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it was something that kind of rose on me as I did went through it. You know, the the uh, when we talked about it in December, it wasn't really something I had thought about and mentioned at all because I thought, okay, it's a really, it's a really short course, right? Like this is more, you know, Pebble, Pebble Beach and, you know, off the tee maybe is mitigated, distance is mitigated. And I feel pretty confident that you're not going to be able to do what Bryson did to Wingfoot. I mean, I think Gil Hans would probably retire if Bryson did the same thing that he did to winged foot here. Um, but like, and I didn't follow this religiously in my picks because I have a tough history of just like figuring out these things and then going rogue and picking the guys that I want to pick. But like long and straight, I still think on this course that I know it's like this course is shorter 
on the scorecard than Southern Hills. This, of course, is going to play way longer than Southern Hills, like way longer than Southern Hills, in my opinion. Um, so I still think that the I would say the biggest riser for me as the week went on was like, yeah, I think you want to be fucking dominant off the tee. And I think that, you know, a nice blend of distance and accuracy is is going to be huge this week. Do you yeah. wait one? Do you wait one more than the other as far as distance versus accuracy? I think guns in my head, I take distance, but I really? think it's okay. yeah, I would. I still think so because I just think about okay, if you're, uh, I guess it's more like if you're short and inaccurate, yeah, you're your fine. path is just impossible. Yeah. And I know the difference between here and a place like Wingfoot is if you're in the rough and you have a wedge. You can't. The reason Bryson was able to do what he's able to do to Wingfoot is because Wingfoot has these giant greens, and a lot of them slope from back to front, and a lot of them are open in front, right? So you could base you have this runway to bounce your wedge shot up, and a lot of the greens at at a uh, Brookline, like you kind of mentioned with your Beth Page comp, Steve, they're like they're kind of like islands, right? They're kind of surrounded by. They're really small, and they're surrounded by thick, rough, and bunkers. So hypothetically, you can't really do that. But, I mean, if you have a nine iron out of the rough, that's still a lot more of a lofted club than a five iron is. So, I mean, there's no chance you're hitting a five iron out of the rough and hitting it on the green. Like, there's just none. But there is if you're hitting a nine iron or a pitching wedge, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I agreed with that. Um, I mean, just I think just the general theme of the U.S. Opens is they protect the golf course with a lot of rough. And mm-hmm. that's why a lot of these longer guys have done well because they just attack the golf course differently. They hit it so far. There's only so much the USGA can really do as far as like lengthening the course in order to make it penal for them. Um, I think it like that wing foot uh, reference was a good uh, thing to mention too because no one was hitting the fairway that week because they were rock hard and everything was just <laughs> dog like just bound to the rough. I'm clipping that. Lo- looking at this golf course, it doesn't feel like it's impossible to hit fairways. So I feel like there's going to be that opportunity to, if you have good control over your tee shot, you're going to be able to land it. Like, it's not going to be unfair like it was at Wingfoot. Uh, but at the same vein, a lot of awkward tee shots, a lot of tee shots where you're elevated like 30 feet above the fairway. There's a giant slope in the middle, or you got to look, you know, make sure you don't run into like, you know, there's a cross bunker or anything. Or, um, you know, or like, you know, the landing zone is over a mound blind approach shots or blind off the tee shots. So I think I, I agreed with you as far as like, I think you have some, you need to have some semblance of control uh, over your tee shot. But again, gun to my head, I'm going to take distance because hitting out of that rough, especially if we're going to get a little bit of rain and it's as thick as advertised. If you're a shorter hitter in that rough, you probably have a, over a hundred yards for your third. Cause you're probably punching out. I know we're on a schedule, guys, but it seems to me like you got, maybe it's just because I've been running around all day, but it seems to me like you guys are more, uh, you guys are diving into the weather more than than I have. I mean, I joked with Capper earlier that, you know, it's going to take years off your life looking at weather reports before Wednesday, but like, are you guys seeing this like giant, I looked and it was like, okay, it's a little windy. I don't think it's like, maybe there's a little bit of an advantage formulating, sure, but I don't think that this like if we're looking at 10 to 15 miles an hour winds we get that almost every week like yep. if you actually look at it right so i i are you guys really seeing a, a ton with the weather that maybe i need to be it was, valuing a it little was bit way, more it was way worse earlier it definitely looks like it's changed it looked like the guys 
uh, going off on the PM on Thursday. We completely fucked on Friday morning. It, was like the, it looked like there was going to be rain and gusts up to like 35 going to like about noon. But it looks like that's really calmed down as far as I mean, look, this is going to be gusts up to 28. Um, but I no literally rain. don't see any rain until Friday afternoon. Yeah. And so that went away. So, I mean, they got rain today. They're going to get some rain, I think, on Friday and then possibility of rain Saturday, Sunday. That's what I've seen. I just tried to look at it earlier in the Sunday's, week. Just Sunday's so going to be pristine. Sunday's going to be beautiful. It's going to yeah. be. It's going to be just like the Canadian Open. All of a sudden, fucking boom! <laughs> like score fest. Like here we go. Best golfers in the world. Good conditions. Like let's go. I'll text you the weather when I get up there. All right. Where are you staying at? Where are you staying at up there? What's that? Where are you staying at up there? I got. I got a. Uh, my, I don't like a Best Western or something. Plus, what, what town? Best Western plus. What town? I'm staying in Foxborough. Oh, that's not close to Bookline. Have fun with that draft. It'll be fine. Okay. Got it all mapped out. All right. Just let you know. North I, I will say this. It does look like Thursday afternoon is going to be worse than Thursday morning. And Friday morning might be a little bit worse than Thursday morning. You get that kind of pyramid thing a little bit. Yep. So, sure. Maybe maybe there's a little bit of a of an advantage. That's the type of stuff. Like I made all my bets. I'll do that in DFS on Wednesday if I yeah. if I if it's still there on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- it, from what we were looking at at least last night, maybe this morning, it seemed like that was very similar to what happened in Southern Hills, where I think the PM and Thursday got fucked, and then they started with a lot of wind on Friday, and then it just calmed down. So we'll see. Yep. Still, all right. got, still got two days. Yes. All right. Why don't we take our first break and then we start? Uh, let's start diving into this. All right. Listen, you guys got to make sure you get down on the wind bet. $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And don't forget about the ultimate fantasy football experience. If you bet $500 on sports or the casino before July 31st, 2022, you get entered in to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at the Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at the Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. And don't forget, all users can also bet 100 bucks on the NBA casino and be entered into a prize drawing to attend the DJ Diesel. That is Shaquille O'Neal performance at Encore Beach Club at night, as well as the meet and greet with DJ Diesel this summer. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Start breaking this down, boys. Uh, $10,000 range. Andy, why don't you kick it off? Why don't you pick one guy you're really liking in this range and one guy you're fading? Oh, man. So I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, I actually, the way that I have my DraftKings pool set up now, I'm fading this entire range. Oh, Um, yeah. But, okay, the guy I'm most worried about I don't know. Maybe this is, maybe I'm like buying into the, I didn't get to what I hadn't been able to watch golf as much as I've liked to in the last couple of weeks. And I, I really got to watch like all of Sunday at the Canadian open. Cause I, I had Finau there and I just kind of was able to sat down and watch and focus on it. Um, I, like I think Rory is such a problem right now. He like Rory, <laughs> Rory walks differently when he's playing well. Like he has the pep in his step. Like the chest was puffed out. Um, by the way, if you don't think I'm going to fucking victory lap over all those people that 
I kept telling that Rory's wedge game was bad was a overblown narrative. Like I've, I've danced around on that one a little bit already on Twitter. The dude was fucking dead arming wedges, like recoiling drivers. Like, and you look at it with Rory, like I have the stats pulled up cause I wanted to find this. Like when he gets going, does he sustain it? Right. And a, a bunch of times in his career, he's won, he's won twice in a row, twice. He won three times in a row. He won two times in three starts. He had this time where he went major win, WGC win, major win all in a row. And so if you're asking me just like I test, who am I most scared of, who I think is playing the best golf, like, yeah, I think Rory has it right now. I think Rory's got it. I think he's, this is the best I've seen him play in a really long time. Like even, even when he won the CJ cup, like it felt like he was kind of piecing it together. He lost strokes on approach. Like it wasn't 2012, 2014 Rory. And this felt to me like fucking swagger Rory's back. Like this guy has a chip on his shoulder. Fuck you live. Like I'm the hero of the PGA tour. FedEx Cup. Now you could make the argument that this is a little bit like Port Rush, right? Where like Rory's coming in with all the juice and then he makes a fucking nine on the first hole. Uh, but Rory's the guy that scares me the most. And he's probably also going to be the highest owned player. And I don't think I'm going to play him or anyone else in this range. Um, well, you know, what's tricky about the fade section is the way I'm seeing ownership right now. Cam Smith and Morikawa are going to be super fucking low. So is is that kind of cheating if you you say that you because I don't like Cam Smith at all. I think of the elite players, he's hands down the worst driver of the ball. I don't think you can win a U.S. Open the way he won a player's losing strokes off the tee. I just don't think you can do it. I don't think you can, you know, he can contend at the Masters losing strokes off the tee. I don't think you can do that here. So that's. Uh, I, I don't think that's totally fair. I don't like Morikawa this week. I, I'm sure I'm probably alone on that. I, I imagine you guys generally like Morikawa. Of the elite players, he rated out far worse for me than I expected. I we don't have a I don't need to get into all the Fs and buts, but like I'm I'm not playing Rom either. You people are people are trying to do the thing with Rom. I've already noticed it already. It's such fucking bullshit. Oh, Rom is the sneaky guy. Like, fuck you guys. Rom's going to be just as highly owned as Scheffler and JT. Like, Rom's drifting in the betting. Like, shut up, dude. Rom is going to be perfectly popular. He's the defending fucking champion. Ben Coley picked him. Like, Rom's not fucking. He's. Rom's there. He's not sneaking up on anyone. You know, the thing that the Rom people do that I hate the most is a oh, Rom finished top 10 with a C minus game. Yeah, fuck off, man. If that was his C minus game at the Memorial, then what do you call his game at the Masters, the PGA Championship, and the fucking players? His EDFG game? Come on. He's going to hate this course, right? Don't you think he'll hate this course? It's quirky and all that bullshit. So I'm not playing know. any of these guys, but Roy scares me the most. Sorry. For I don't know. Me. The 18 to, the, 18 to one definitely caught my eye. Right. And it's just only, <laughs> I think it's only because let me fucking speak. It's only because I haven't seen that number in so long. It almost makes you like, well, fuck like, you know what I mean? Like 18, like I haven't seen this in forever. And I didn't, I didn't lay it right. For the same reasons I'm not going to play him at DFS either. Right. Like I just don't trust it. 
Dustin Kamer out there. Um, that's bold, not playing any of these guys up here. So no. I'm curious to uh, to see how that works out. Because I mean, the nines is strong. Yeah, I'm the nines is definitely there, but strong. The nines yeah, is yeah. strong. I mean, the eights, eights are kind of strong too. Eights are strong too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get it. It's just uh, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of win equity up there. Uh, that's subject to change. Like we're recording this on Monday night. Yeah. We're gonna see what the weather looks like. We're gonna see what ownership looks like. But that's where I'm at right now. Nice. Okay. All right, Jeff. What about you? What about what yeah, guy you're no, I've been looking. I've been I've been looking at this all day. I love a love a good show sheet, and I know I had to pick one of these guys. And I figured that you're going to have Rory and JT. You're going to be the two most popular guys. And as you guys know, I usually don't like to trend towards the trendy popular pick. Uh, and yeah, I agree with Andy. Ron's probably not going to sneak up on anybody. And I think that I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get value with a Scotty Scheffler as the highest owned guy, but not the, you know, maybe not the most popular or the highest price guy, excuse me. Highest price guy. And I don't know if that will, uh, and not the, not the favorite. That's what I'm trying to say. And I don't know if that's going to uh, lower his ownership at all. But if in comparison to a JT or a ROM, where does Scheffler fall into the mix? Is he going to be right there with them, or is he going to be a little bit below? That's something I'm. You know, I, I bet you he's going to be a little up. bit below, right? Because a lot of people aren't going to be comfortable in the lower sevens, especially in the sixes, right? Like, I I think that Rory is going to be like twenty one percent, and Scheffler, Rom, and JT are all going to be between like fourteen and eighteen. Dude, That's I bet prediction. you. I bet you Rory's twenty five plus. I disagree. In the tw- in the twenty dollar milli maker. Dude, you know how many people are like starting Xander Lowry? Like, really? trust me, there's bal- it's I'm hearing a lot of balance build narratives. Okay. He'll be I 21. He'll be 21. Well, uh, all right. Maybe well, we can side bet that. Let's it, do that. Let's real quick. Let's side bet. Sorry. Sorry, Jeff. Let's side bet Rory and the $20 million maker. I bet he's 25% or over, and you're going to bet he's 25% or under? I'll take the under. Sure. I was hoping. Can, can, can we do like another one with like of Lucas Herbert? We, can I get can my we revenge bet on the golf gambling <laughs> podcast show? Of course <laughs> okay. we can, Andy. I don't want that to be our only charity bet, but yeah, no, I'll take the under no, 25. Oh, all right. Let's all right. Go. Cool. Sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. I didn't mean to step on you. I was just saying, if you, I, I, sometimes on occasion, I'll like to fade a popular build. So if, yeah, if, if the common build is going to be starting the nines, then yeah, you're kind of going to get, if you can, pick the right one of these guys above 10 or in Scheffler's case an 11 then maybe that's the that that would be the like a sneaky a different type of play so i kind of like Scheffler and yeah i'm uh all all that talk about uh short grass and around the green game and that's we started talking about that at like memorial at Cass smith is always bad at memorial uh, not this year he faded on sunday but still uh, up until this point. And he's never really been good in the U.S. Open, except for maybe his first one, I think. Chambers I'm, Bay, which is a totally different set. That's when well, That was his first U.S. Open, right? Yeah, yeah that, he that, finished yeah, fourth. And yeah. Chambers, they were experimenting with a different setup that year. Yeah. Well, that that's an understatement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, the point thing is that he's never been good in the U.S. Open by his standards. And, you know, but he's good at the at the players and with the short grass around the greens. So now I'm just running with this theory that Cam Smith, if you got rough around the greens, maybe he's, that's not a, a good setup for him. So yeah, I think Cam Smith is an easy, easy, uh, easy fade above 10. And I like, uh, I think I like Scheffler depending on ownership. All right. 
I mean, look, like I, I basically echo what Andy said about Rory. Um, I mean, the, the chair on top of it, like you said, was I've been waiting for him to have some sort of fire in his belly. Um, it seems like the last couple of years, it's just like, all right, something was lacking with him a little bit as far as like that killer instinct. It seems like maybe this live thing finally has unleashed that killer instinct. Um, I mean, JT, I think also has that too. Um, the, you know, he also has been very vocal about live, uh, maybe, you know, having two bogeys coming down the stretch on the, on the back nine on Sunday, maybe that's going to leave a little sour taste in his mouth. He's going to come back strong this week and, you know, and do well. Um, you know, I mean, the only blemish on his resume recently was a really bad iron performance after he won the PGA, whatever happens, everything looks fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like. You know, I mean, if, if everybody's going to be really jumping to them, I'm not really inclined to go with them DFS. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, as far as my fade, I mean, you guys have covered Cam Smith. Uh, the one thing I want to say about Rom is, so what works at Torrey Pines, you know, was basically long and straight there because literally every hole is kind of right out in front of you. Well, at this place, you got to shape your shots. And there's actually a lot of really challenging tee shots. So you got to hit a right-to-left shot. And I'm not really sure if that's John mm-hmm. Rom's game or he's capable of doing that. Like, there's not a lot of these, like, mindless like left to right phase that you just hit out you know like 320 or something like that like this is things you got to think about and i can definitely see him going out a little bit on tilt as far as the setup and the course design so yeah i definitely can see rom kind of falling flat on his face this week so i guess that's my fate in this range it's almost like architecture makes golf more interesting exactly Yeah. All right, you guys yeah. can maybe, go, have your, get, you guys can go have your circle session later, okay? Yeah. Let's Nick, go get Gil Hansen to redo Tory Pines, all right? See yeah, happens. fucking nuke Tory off the planet. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right, Capper, what about you? So, I mean, listen, I, I mean, I'm with you guys. I'm going to fade uh, Smith and Morikawa as well. Um, I, I, Andy, I mean, you said we'd like him. Is he catching steam all the places? Um, wait, who? Morikawa, not Smith. Oh, um, no, Morikawa. The re- the thing with Morikawa, and I don't know if this play. is going to translate to ownership, is that he's the betting number is dropped big time, and oh, so they're like boosting him and everything. They're boosting him and everyone. So like people are going to bet Morikawa at thirty to one. Like I can't argue with that bet no, at all. Like no, you can't absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I I can because uh, a, a certain mush uh, picked him as favorite golfer uh, for the U.S. Open. So oh, uh, he's not right. going he to win, unfortunately. Earlier. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You forgot about that. I always forget, man. Dude, you text me like he, fucking nine thirty in the morning. It's twelve he, hours I, later. I, by the time I just did a podcast with Mayo. He's Andrew Kirst too. Yes, he is. That's, that's what he's talking yes. about. Oh, that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, because so, I was tempted by that thirty number two. I'm like, you know, I mean, listen, like if I'm really valuing like off the tee, gonna hit a lot of fairways, elite iron play. I know he was a disaster around the green in Memorial, but I've seen him do really well at the Masters and Riviera around the green. He's got it in him, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he can't fight the right. I know we said let's spend a lot of time up top, but we've spent way too much time up top. I like Scotty Scheffler. Um, I think maybe I'll get a discount on ownership with him uh, a little bit. Not 100% sure, but I mean, listen, uh, he's, he's to an approach. He's fine out of the sand. He's top 15 around the green, and he's, he's really solid off the tee. And if I feel like I can get a discount ownership with him, then I'm going to take it. Um, he goes off of the PM, though, so I guess we'll see uh, kind of how that goes. And we're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it costs you less than three bucks a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery. 
and they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you guys know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without ad security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hitting. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. And you can use IPVanish on unlimited devices, even your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use, and all you got to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right. So 9K range. Jeff, you are starting the 9K range. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, <laughs> you had a show sheet. You even referenced that you had a show sheet. Yeah, I know. I know. I like a lot of guys here, and I, I, I want to spread it around a little bit. I'm going to go back to my roots, and I'm going to uh, I have a theory. Remember last year at the memorial when Rom got uh, had a, was forced to WD, and because of the COVID thing, and then went on to win the U.S. Open. Well, how about Hideki got disqualified from Memorial? Right, that wasn't that Memorial where he had mm-hmm. the thing on yeah. his driver. Mm-hmm. And then uh, now Hideki comes to uh, comes to Brookline. He's got all the necessary skill sets. He's great in majors. He's been great in the U.S. Open. Maybe not great, but solid. And I just think a solid cash game, consistent uh, play here would be Hideki. I don't think he's going to be super duper popular coming in off of that. And even at the uh, the he wasn't good at the what the. I think he finished like 60th or missed a cut or something at the at the PGA or the yeah, 60th. Yeah, so he's not coming in the hottest form in the world. I'm just going based on pedigree here and probably ownership, and I kind of like Hideki in the uh, in the uh, that range. My fade is going to be Shane Lowry. I know he's going to be super popular. I know. So I know that that is also. A case, yes, that he's cursed a little bit. My brother wanted to text. Uh, my brother texted me. He said he wanted to bet him, and I sent him a screenshot from the Action Network. And he's like, "God damn!" It. I mean, to be fair, Rose was sobold and fucking had had a sobold on around and sneaky, fucking- sneaky sobold and Tim Anderson coming off top tens. Like, That's what I'm saying. Per- like, they, and, they might be percolating. I I like- rostered Rose last week. I said he's not going to win, but. It was stupid to play, not play him over Brendan Todd. What? 
I see you shot a 60 with three fucking bogeys. And I'm pretty sure that could break any curse, right? Like, I don't know. I guess we'll test theory this week with well, uh, my Irish a, brethren. He was a pick to win, and he didn't win. So, And the oh, curse came in outward. strong because he was about to shoot 59, and he airmailed the green by like 50 yards on the 18th hole. That's fair. That's fair. He was never winning that tournament. <laughs> anyway, the point being is that, uh, yes, Larry, he hasn't sniffed the top – 10 in the U.S. Open in five years, and I'm not going to fall into the hype train and the ownership there. So I'm fading Shane Lowry, and I'm going to play Hideki. That's who I like in the nights. Like it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, so let's rewind the clock back to uh, the PJ Championship, where I was on an island with my head about Cantlay. It was, had nothing to do with the fact he hadn't been very good at the majors. It was all about the grass type. It was that Bermuda thing. And I said he couldn't hit irons off Bermuda. And I said he couldn't scramble off Bermuda. And God damn it, he could not do it that week, too. And now we're going to go back to a comfy little setup for him with northern strains of grass where he's been able to hit his irons pretty well off of it. I mean, look, like he played, went back to Memorial, a comfy place for him, played really good, hit his irons great. Um, you know, we talked about Beth Page Black earlier. I see a little bit of that in this place. That was his best major finish, T3. And this is kind of like a golf course where I see like it's not like Southern Hills where he's kind of just like, you know, all right, hit as far as you can. I feel like you got to think your way around this place, plod around a little bit of target golf with the smaller greens, too. I feel like that's going to match Cantley's game. So I, and he's not popular this week. It seems like people are going back to the narrative that he just sucks in majors. And this was the time I wanted to play him and I'm going to play him at the, P at, uh, the U.S. Open. So I like Cantley this week. And then my fade, I mean, I know he's not popular, but. Andy, I, I just want to mention this when you talked about it uh, on our major podcast that Hovland might be stupid and you might. Be <laughs> no, that's what? not what I said. Hang on. Hang on. Back up here. I said I'm not sold that he's figured out the other the mental side of golf because he goes to a Pete Dye course where there's bunkers in the middle of the fairway and he just hits them into the bunkers. I heard he doesn't play smart. I believe that was the quote. So, yeah, I like Victor Hovland a lot. I think he's fine. I, yeah, but I, I think just something's off with him lately. I just, you know, I mean, I think I don't think he has had a good finish since Riviera. The ball striking numbers are down with him. Obviously, the scrambling is a disaster. Yeah, I, I, I tried going with him in Memorial. I'm like, all right, maybe this, you know, you know, maybe with a deep rough, maybe that actually might benefit a real guy who was really bad and went horribly for me. I don't, I don't feel like going back to the him again this week. Um, and just again, like I don't, I feel like he's going to make too many mistakes off the tee going for things or not clubbing down when he should. And so that's my faith in this range. Okay. Okay. Capper. Right. So, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who's been dominating driving the ball and has, as they call it, the magic beans? It's Spieth, man. And he's mm. and he is what? He's right below Xander, so he's gonna catch less than that. And then people can go down to go get Willie Z, a guy who always wins on the PGA tour. Um, I mean, it's uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like it really is. I mean, the guy's coming in in like great form. If if you need to be thinking around the greens and you need to have a good around the green game, which I still think is important, and he's driving the ball really well, um, I think it's Spieth all day. I mean, the guy's a proven winner, and uh, yeah, man, I feel like I thought he would have been like uber chalk, but he's not. So, um, I mean, look, everything can change. So, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I like Spieth. And then, uh, yeah, as far as my fade, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm kind of with Jeff on the on the Lowry one. I might just be a little bitter because he fucked me out of a bet on Sunday. Um, I'd say DJ, but that's kind of weak sauce. Hovland, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on fading him yet. I'm just not. I don't think I have a fade in this range yet. I like this range a lot. I love Xander. Oh, my Xander nugget. Xander has been in uh, the winning Millie Maker lineup the last three years. Didn't matter how chalky he was. He's so, is in- Lou- so is Louie, by the way. Louie's really? been in the optimal lineup at the U.S. Open like three years in a row. How about that? So so he just goes Xander, Louie, and figure out the rest. There you go. Let's do it. There you go. So, so yeah. So, yeah, I, I love Speed this week, man. I I, I bet him... Uh, like he, he's probably locked up with me on DFS. Okay. Andy, what about you? I love this range. There's like seven guys I like in this range. I can only pick four of them that I'm actually going to play. Do you guys have the balls to play DJ? No. So here's the, the silver lining on him. He's a top See, 30 player of all time at 3%. So the iron play seems like it's been okay. It's been off the tee. He's struggling, but that it's DJ that can fix itself in a week. Top so, ten at top yeah. ten at live on a, a tree line course. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I, I just like I think DJ gives you so many options from a DraftKings standpoint. Because if you wanna I think here's the thing. I think at these US opens, there's a lot more like for example, some JM is mispriced. By maybe a, a grand. Yeah. yeah. You can make the argument that like Matthew Fitzpatrick is mispriced, right? Like it's harder to say that Sung J M at 7,600 is bad chalk because he's so, it's such an obvious misprice, right? And it's like what happened with Corey, a 30% Corey Connors at the Masters when he finished top five, right? Yep. Because it was just obvious that he was mispriced, right? And like, there are a lot of guys that I in here like I think Xander's a good play. Like I don't think Xander's bad chalk here. I think Fitzpatrick is like I think I get the did you know he played in the US amateur? Like I think Fitzpatrick's gonna have a great week. I don't think Fitzpatrick's gonna like bomb. I could just see that. Maybe I'm in my head about, you know, I run this every week and I deep dive it every week and the chalk has just been performing way better than I would have hoped for for like a month straight. And especially at the first two majors, the chalk performed way better than I hoped for. But like if if you can find somebody, if you play DJ, it just gives you so many fucking options, right? It gives you so many fucking options up here. And I like Hideki a lot too. Maybe Hideki's that guy, but I don't know if Hideki is, I think Hideki will be like 10 percent maybe yeah. right but um go ahead sorry so i was just gonna ask so so like so dj can give you huge leverage up here right so right but if you like a guy up here who's chalk we already spoke i think offline um right prior to this a guy in 7k who can give us as just as much leverage and i feel like i'd rather take the risk with with that guy versus dj up top yeah but then sense? can you and are does that mean you're gonna play someone like sung jay not Sun, not Sunjay. Like, let's say I want to take so, all right, so whatever. Before we get into the the seven K range, like whatever. So I, I want to play Xander versus DJ, and then I just mm-hmm. play. I play 
uh, Xander and Gooch versus Sanjay and DJ. I mean, that's your 2v2, right? Sure. Sure. I just think, like, I think DJ gives you so many options. And look, like, he's, like, he's 3%. Like, that's... I know. Like you go through, like he finished twelfth at the fucking Masters and ninth at the Players. Like, what are we, what are we talking are we about here? He's yeah. the best outside of Brooks Kepke. He's the best U.S. Open player of the last decade. Are we convinced that half of these other guys that everyone else is playing can play USGA setups? Yeah. Right? I'm not yeah. sold that Hovland can. I my fate is Spieth, by the way. Okay. I don't think that. I'm not sure. I get the stats thing. I don't think Spieth is good enough off the tee to win a U.S. Open on this still, type of he, setup. Because he's still he's still a little squirrely and he's able to scramble his way out of it. Like I get it. Like I watch yeah, it's it. like I, okay, I'm really look, it okay, look at the one U.S. Open that he won, Chambers Bay. That was these giant, wide, firm and fast fairways with big undulating greens, right? Mm-hmm. The U.S. Opens that I was looking at, Pebble U.S. Open setup, not good. Torrey Pines, not good. Wingfoot, not good. Marion, even not good. Olympic Club, well, hold, not hold, good. Hold, hold on, Marion. Okay, that he was a rookie back then. Okay? And yes. he's and he and his. It was Billy really Horschel's second major ever, and he did okay. Billy Horschel I, sucks. The uh, I think he might win this week. I love Billy. Anyway, uh, it, it's just like it, it, whatever. I Spieth is my fade. We're not gonna. We don't need to spend time and time here. I love Cantlay too. I think if the four guys that I am likely to play are uh Cantley, Hideki, uh DJ and Xander. Okay. Jeffrey. Yeah, I'm here. No, I'm not getting in, I'm not getting involved in a Jordan Speeth conversation. Okay. It's bad for business. All okay. right. All right. Well why don't we take another break and we'll get down the eight thousand dollar range. All right. So and now we're on to Sleeper. It's the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. And you already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. In the game cha- it's the game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by using their new over-under game. And it's super simple. All you got to do in any sport is choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. Uh, then choose the amount of money you want to enter it in. If you get correctly, you can win anywhere between two and over 20 times the money you put in. And the main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride out together. Once again, I think it's more fun to go against your buddy and talk shit. Um, so stop what you're doing and download the Sleeper app now to for their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and make some money. So go join our listener group on sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to hundred bucks. That's right. Join our squad and get hundred percent deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Okay. Is it my turn for $8,000 range? Yeah. Sorry. My dogs are back and I had to go on mute. That's okay. Wow. All right. I mean, look like a lot of players I like in here, a lot of very popular players. seems like Neiman's going to be really popular. Burns, Finau, Homa. So, I mean, some of the guys that aren't getting as much ownership that I can at least justify in my head. Um, maybe I unfairly criticize Berger uh, based on what I saw in a bunker on 10. Uh, the Masters may have started some false rumors about how he was injured. Maybe he was for a little bit, but, you know, he came back after an ugly PGA. Uh, hit the ball pretty good at Colonial. Uh, came back in, at um, Mirrorfield Village. Was very good there, too. 
Um, you know, I mean, he did very well at Torrey Pines last year in the U.S. Open setup, did very well at Shinnecock Hills. Like, this is a guy I'm a little concerned. He does not have a lot of pop off the tee. He's got to have a good driving week and keep it in the fairway because if he's in the rough, he doesn't have the club head speed in order to, you know, get out of it. But if he does that, I kind of like him. The iron game seems like it's trending up. Um, he's in scrambler too. I mean, like, listen, this cherry on top of the sunny for him, so I like him. And then if it is true that all that matters now when the U.S. opens is bombers, I mean, the, the best, one of the best drivers in the field is Cam Young. And with all the strokes he's gained off the tee, how long he is, that's great. Now, the 84 at Murfield Village was uh, stinging. Take that out. His stats actually recently look much better. And I mean, if you really want to put some, you know, cherry on top of the Sunday, like, listen, I, I can go over his stats and why he's great. Um, we all want to reference Sleepy Hollow Country Club for a lot of reasons. Let's actually apply to a golf course take. So I don't know. I wish I made this connection back at Southern Hills, but Gil Hans actually renovated the golf course, I think, back in 2008. He and did. Gil, it's a CB yeah. McDonald, though. So it's I know very, it's a CB McDonald, but that still yeah. has some sort of the awkwardness of you know the country club of Brooklyn. It's even got one of those drop kick par threes. It's down the hill with trouble everywhere. So, you know, there's some a little bit of quirkiness to it. There's some quirkiness of this place too. That's just a that I'm, I mentioned at the top of the show that all these guys are pretty good. It's just that there's some narratives that I can spin in my head about. Okay, like especially going to a place like Brookline that is a little weird. You know, maybe true. maybe he's not gonna be all that intimidated by it. You know, based on some of the places he's played. So, and who knows? Maybe he just is a Gil Hans. He's gonna crush all those golf courses, and maybe we should talk about him in the major pod. And considering Gil Hans is gonna redo about ten of these things over the next fifteen years, maybe we should have done over under on how many majors Cam Young's gonna. Be. So, uh, I like those guys, and I guess my fade. You just mentioned Billy Horschel. I understand the logic, and I get the Marion thing. When I look back at what he was as a player back in Marion, though, he was a different player. He was actually one of the longer guys on the PJ Tour. His strengths were actually distance and putting. It's kind of shifted a little bit. And actually, if you look back at the driving distance stats like back then, he hasn't really gained any distance off the tee. So, but he's gotten a lot more accurate and better. I know he's got a lot. I know he's got a lot more accurate. But if I if I'm saying that, I think you're a little behind the eight ball as far as we don't have length at U.S. Open setups, and he hasn't been very good ever, ever since then. I, I think while I understand why you would want to go for it, I think I can find other players like Billy Horschel down the card for cheaper. So that's that's my fate. Okay. Okay. All right. Um Capper just left. Oh nope. Capper's He's back. back. All right, Capper's your turn. Fun. Uh sorry. I had small children run through my house that made my dogs go insane. Uh, so, AK, I'm with you on Berger. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't talk about your boy, Neiman. You don't like Neiman this week, Steve? No, I, I tried to target guys with a little less popularity that I can justify. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, so, uh, I mean, uh, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just surprised you didn't. Um, so, I, I think I'm going to go back to the well with Finau because I don't need him to win. He's another guy who's mispriced. Uh, I mean, if you look at what he's been doing, I mean, he's number three in bogey avoidance. He's three... Uh, off the tee here. He's fine around the green. That's a huge improvement on his game. He's top 15 in this field. He's mediocre out of the sand, but yeah, I mean, he's in great form, man. I mean, two top fives, his last, you know, his last two. And if we really want to count Mexico, you know, he came in second there as well. Uh, I mean, his irons are just on fire. And if I listen to you two correctly, it's important to keep the ball below the hole here. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what he did this past weekend. He was keeping everything below the hole. He was giving himself uphill putts for the most part um, from what I watched. And listen, I, I don't think he's going to win. I didn't bet him outright, but I think Tony's coming in in great shape. He sounded really confident um, in the interviews. I mean, he crushed this weekend. If Roy just didn't go nuclear, that was his contest to win. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love Fina. I'm going back to it. Uh, and like, I don't need to expand on Burger as far as like a fade. Um, I don't know. I don't want to fade Burns because it's kind of the same lazy narrative of as far as like Cantley, right? Like I don't know, and I feel like Burns is somebody who can can ride this momentum, right? That he's that he's been playing with. So Hatton doesn't have any fucking ownership. I don't know. Brooks no ownership. Like. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess pick your own fucking guys down here. I'll fade Fitzpatrick just based out of principle and that I'm team never fits. So, I mean, don't follow me to, to, to the grave on that one. But, yeah, like I'm team never fits. So, no fits for me ever. Okay. Andy, what about you? Um, I I bet Neiman to win. I really like Joaquin Neiman this week. Um, I don't really care how popular it gets. Again, that's why I have guys like DJ and – You'll be in my DJ and Cantlay and Hideki lineups. Like I just, I look the guy. Like he won Riviera wire to wire. Like I think that I'm maybe this is a hot take. I think he's better. I think he's better than Cam Young. I think he's better yeah. than Zalatoris. I think he's better than Riley and Mito and all those guys. I think Joaquin Neiman is the best player than all of those guys. He's dominant off the tee and his short game is like. It's been one of the most impressive transformations that I've seen. I think Neiman has the stones to win. Like I I could see it this week. He's not, not too many people are picking him. The ownership will be like 15%, right? But he's right next to Cam Young. He's right next to Lowry, who will be more popular. He's, he's my favorite play uh, of the week. And I really like Billy Horschel too. We're talking about a guy who, when we did the podcast in December, the guys that I had marked down as long shots were Kevin Na, Russell Henley, and Billy Horschel. And Billy Horschel, I, as soon as he started playing well at the Memorial, I was like, well, this fucking sucks because I was <laughs> excited to play Billy at like 7,200 next week and zero ownership. Um, but like I went back and looked like, is 8,600? Billy Horschel's like the 11th ranked player in the world. Like is 8,600 and like no one wants to play Billy at all coming off a win, right? Is it inconceivable? Like, do I think Billy will actually win? No, but like, has he won multiple starts in a row? Yeah, he's won multiple FedEx Cup playoff starts in a row. He even had a time in 2019 where he went second, second, third, third, right? So like when Billy gets going and he gets confidence, like he can continue to play well. And at 5%, he's like the best, putter inside 10 feet. He's like the best putter from five to 10 feet. And that's why the fact that he hasn't been better at us opens is mind boggling to me because us opens is grinding over six footers for par. And I trust Billy over a six footer. Like you ask any of these pros, they're going to tell you like, you're going to have more six footers for par than any other tournament. And I just, I don't know why Billy hasn't played better. He makes the cut. Right, but he hasn't really popped since Marion. So Billy at low ownership, Neiman. Um, my fade is I just 
all these like Cameron Young, eighty eight, like. Fuck that, dude. I just like these guys, these Mitos and Cameron Youngs and Davis Rileys. Like, just stop, relax. They'll come back to earth a little bit. It's not, you got to earn your stones. It's not just, you're trying to skip levels. They're trying to skip like the John Deere win. Just stop. <laughs> like, relax. Like, Neiman earned it. He won Riviera. It's time for Neiman. That's fair. Cam Yun, like win fucking Sony or something, dude. I just, these guys, 8,800 and 16%. Steve, you're better than that. What do you mean I'm better than that? <laughs> it's just like, it's just look so, at the results. I know he keeps smashing his chalk. Why? That's why I'm so fucking angry. <laughs> he keeps smashing his chalk. And it's like, I'm never going to play those guys. And he keeps smashing his chalk. I hate it. L l listen, I, listen, <laughs> the ownership projections I saw, it did not look like he was all that shock. Looked like he was going to be like fifth most owned. If he really is going to be like 20, 25%, then no, fine. no, I'll, he I'll, won't be, but like fine. 16, 18%. Okay. Sure. I was, I was seeing even lower than that earlier. So that's okay. what draw, that what drew me to him. But, Okay. I, I, I understand that he probably will come back down to earth. I've just been really impressed with the play and a lot of things I've been valuing with him it, or coming for the U S open. He tends to check some of those boxes. So, all right, Jeff, what about you? Uh, Andy, that's funny with the Cam Young <laughs> and the Davis Riley. A couple of years ago, those guys were Neiman was Sung J M. It was Bill's Alatoris for a little while. Like, yeah, I believe in the, I believe in the process. I think that's funny. You like Neiman, who, when he was 20 years old, he was the and then he had to win Greenbrier first, and then won Riviera. Yeah, yeah I get it. It's um, stepping stones. But that's the that's the like it's kind of happened with Xander over the years. Like it's just everybody wants the new shiny toy. So that's just have to deal with it, and hopefully we can use it to our advantage. And Cam Young doesn't finish second again. Anyway, so I was looking at the eights, and I got to be honest, I didn't really like this range that much. Uh, there's a lot of, yeah, maybe, but with all with with a lot of these guys, like I I can fade guys, but then there's like yeah, but like Billy Horschel, yeah, I don't really like him, but he did just win Memorial, and then you got Cam Young, but yeah, but he keeps top fiving, and there's a there's a yeah, but for all these guys, and I I I know Finau is going to be the the popular, I would think the chalkiest guy in the range, but I also think that he's like the safest play, even though he's 8,200. Yeah. He's mispriced. That's what happens when you get early pricing. And, but he's, he's best been, he's been really good in majors over his career. He's been good in the U S open. He's been, he's solid. I just think regardless of find an ownership advantage somewhere else and you should play Tony Fiano. And uh, I was supposed to pick two. The argument for DJ, 3%, like I get you're playing the talent and everything else, but one of the things you said about DJ is that he's the second best U.S. Open player, but who's the first? And you got Brooksy there. Just getting oh, coming, off, coming, oh, off, oh, coming off a wedding, fourth, second, win and a win in his last four U.S. Opens. He wasn't in great form last year, and he finished fourth at Torrey Pines. Uh, he might be hurt. He might go join the Saudis. He just got married. He hasn't hasn't played golf in forever. I I, I understand all that, and maybe it's just an outright bet, and maybe not a DraftKings play. But if you want leverage and you want to make that argument, like you want to roster a Finau and a Brooksy, 
but balance it out. Like I can, I can, I can't fault you. I yeah, he's been playing like shit. Yeah, he's just yeah, he just got married. Yeah, he's probably gonna go play with his brother. I understand, but he's finished fourth, second, first, and first in his last four <laughs> U.S. Opens, and it's just kind of hard to ignore. So I like those guys. As far as a fade, I'll probably just fade Berger because I always do. And if he burns me, he burns me. But I don't care. I just I never care for Daniel Berger. I'm not going to start liking him this week. So. That's my eight thousand dollar takes. Like, it. all right, seven thousand dollar range. Back Wait, to you, Andy. Can Matt. I add? Can I add one quick fade for eight thousand two? This will take thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, so Tyrrell Hatton goes to Augusta National and complains. Then he goes to Southern Hills and complains. And then he goes to St. George's and complains. I'm starting to notice a theme here. I think you have to fade Hatton on top one hundred golf courses in the world. If a course has interesting architecture and thought-provoking architecture and actually has to make you think instead of a course like Bay Hill, which also should be nuked off the fucking planet, fade Terrell Hatton at courses with interesting architecture. And Country Club has that. So I think that's an easy thing for you guys to keep in your mind. Play You want to play him at Bay Hill or Torrey Pines or TPC Craig Ranch? Fine. But a course with thought-provoking architecture, I'm out on Hatton. He would have shot 20 under a Centurion Club last weekend. He should join. Right. right. He's, yeah, he's, he's actually paired up with two live guys, though. There you go. Paul Lowry's Sales paired up with fucking two live guys. Like, why did they pick Paul Lowry to go there? Just because they knew he's like he's nice and he's not going to create anything? I feel but, like Lowry's always with the troublemakers. Like, I feel like he's been in, like, these controversial, like, like groupings before. I don't know. Maybe he's necessarily like, kind of keeping like. All right, so all right, $7,000 range. Back to you, Andy Lack. No, it's uh, me. It's me. Follow your own show. I thought, you already, I thought you already went. No. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, um, all right, so we'll, we'll just jump right off the gun here. So, uh, I mean, HV3, 8%. <laughs> he's, you know, whatever. He melted down on that Sunday, but I don't care. He's eighth around the green here. He's fourth on approach. He's fine off the tee. Played well at his first Masters, top 25-ing. Uh, I mean, a 7,300 on a grind fest, like I can see it. He's a good putter um, standing over those unless there's a ton of pressure on him on Sunday. So listen, just get in there. Let's uh, let's let's shoot for like a top 15, top 10. And uh, look, he's he's in the he's in the top quarter here uh, with bogey avoidance as well. And it's 7,300 at 8%. Fine. And then right above him, Taylor Gooch. Nobody's playing this fucking guy because uh, he's he's definitely squirrely off the tee. There's no question about it. But, you know, prior to his jump um, to the Evil Empire, uh, I mean, 27th at the Schwab, 20th at the PGA. He's second uh, in around the green in this field. Um, he's fine uh, with approach. His irons were a little leaky, um, but I, I like the 5%. And then, I mean, I don't know how you don't play my boy Keegan in a hometown U.S. Open. You want to talk about long and straight fucking Keegan. And <laughs> you know what I mean? He's long and straight. He played great at Valero, great at Wells. Uh, what do you think his ownership's going to be, Capper? Because I've seen a lot of Keegan Love. Me too, but everything, everywhere I'm looking, it's still sub like 13, 14%. And I'm fine okay. with that. Because like, well, why can't I can play Gooch and Keys right next to each other? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is there going to be a lot of pressure, right? Like you sleep in your own bed? No, I don't 
really know where he fucking lives at this point, but I don't, I don't think isn't he, he from Vermont? By he's the from way, Vermont. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. Like we claim him, man, New England. You know, it is what it is. They uh, he claims Boston. That's that's how it is. Because who claims Vermont? Nobody. Didn't he go to college in New York City though? St. John's. St. John's. Yeah. St. Yeah. John's. Yeah. Listen. Okay. Red Storm. Just details. Okay. Details, dude. He's he, right. listen. It doesn't matter. I live. In I fucking, go to a lot of Knicks games too. When he went to college there. Oh, I bet he did not. Yeah. The uh, he's he's definitely a Celtic. He has Celtics fucking uh, cleats. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like whatever, man. Like, and he's tenth in bogey avoidance here. Small greens, like Christ have mercy. He shouldn't have to be able to three putt on such smaller greens. So give me Keegan. Uh, I don't care if he's under fifteen percent. I'm definitely playing him. What are you guys' thoughts on going back to? Connors, who completely went nuclear on Sunday after making the cut, basically on the fucking number. I like him. I, I mean, it just just comes down to ownership. 13%. I think so too. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I think. I think it'll be sub ten, right? He'll be lower than fucking Mito. Oh, no question. No question. The guy's such a pain in the ass. Look, I mean, take <laughs> away take away the, the 2013 US Am thing with him. Like he's basically everything I'm looking for this week. It just that. Uh, like I people, people are derp derping. Oh, do you know he was semifinal in 2013? Yeah, so, I, I like right. Connors. Uh, you know, I just wonder how much that nuclear Sunday skews these stats. But I mean, listen, man, fucking playing well, coming into good form. Maybe uh, too much pressure in the Canadian Open, and he can uh, close it uh, to his uh, to the South. I don't like Connor's Kuiper, just so you know. Okay, appreciate that. He's been bad in U.S. Opens. He has yeah. been bad in U.S. Opens. True. That is true. Quite bad in U.S. Opens. He was bad in Canadian Opens until last yeah, week. Bingo. Yeah. All yeah, right. They're definitely set up the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you too, Jeff. <laughs> Andy, what about you? What are you liking this range? Um, I like Webb Simpson. Um, so gross. Yeah. Well, that's the what I'm telling you. These guys are going to be one or two of these guys is going to be in the you got to be weird in these in the Millie Maker and all that stuff. So, um, nine of 11 cuts in the U.S. Open, five top 25s, three top 10s. How's eighth at Wingfoot in 2020? 16th at Pebble Beach, 10th at Shinnecock, 14th at Pebble, 32nd at Marion, one Olympic club with reverse camber fairways. I like some of that. Um, game three strokes ball striking at Colonial. That's fine. Um, and everyone's gonna play Davis 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 Riley next to him. They, we don't uh, even right? need to know his name. I hate Davis Riley so much. Why I do you hate, hate all those, the young kids so much? I hate be, because they represent a faction of Twitter that is just so like detestable of these people that like. They're oh, you, you like you see Cameron Young, he's really good. He's popping in my model. Like it's just like it it rep the Mito and the Davis Riley. It represents like a fan. If those are your guys, if those are your like foxhole guys, you're haven't been watching. You're not a golf guy. It, it, it's just like I'm saying some things that are gonna get me in trouble at this golf gambling podcast after dark but I, I listen i just like I, I it's so it represents a faction of twitter that i think is so so much more obsessed with statistics than reality okay, can, like, can i can i pause you, can i pause you guys. one second there okay so being not on twitter so on my betting card recently, I've had some Davis, Riley, and Cam Young. They've been very friendly to me. So being away from that conversation, I have no idea. All You're of safe. That stuff going on. You're safe. Yeah. I'm not. 
calling right. you out, Steve. Okay. You're safe. All right. Because <laughs> I, 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 I felt a little attacked with the Cam Young thing. I was by the way, I bet I bet Cam Young at Wells Fargo and he came in second, and I bet okay. Davis Riley at Colonial, but I'm not fucking betting them in a major. I also like Jason Kokrak here. Okay. With all the bunkers? <laughs> yeah. Even, even though he's, he's going to be 4%. Hand. I don't know. I looked at the short game and it was another one where I was like, I don't think this is as bad as people think it is. And Andy, can I, can I just stop you for one second, Andy? Yeah. We, we talked about this the last major or after the last major. Like, okay. You just pivot to pivot. Every single one of your plays <laughs> in every range has been a pivot play. I think Sung J.M., is maybe good chalk. We haven't, haven't made a we, decision you haven't, you on haven't, that. You haven't said him yet. I Everybody haven't made else. a decision on that. Everybody else is 8% or I'm, less owned. Well, can, 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 I'm can, trying can, can to we win a million bucks. Okay, I'm sorry. Know, like can, can about I'm trying like, to win a million dollars. Can we talk about a content thing, by the way? Listen, if we want to be like every other podcast and just say, oh, play 25%. No, it's not that. Like, he, I'm, I'm just bringing I get something it. back that he said and he, that he says he needs to stop pivoting just to pivot sometimes. I know, but we also Dude, like... You haven't let me finish with this too. range. Sure. You haven't let me finish with this range. Sungjae is so mispriced. That is like a dilemma. For I haven't made a final decision yet, but it's a lot of like Corey Connors 30% at the Masters finishes fifth vibes to me. Like I... I haven't decided yet, but like I'm not ruling that out. But yeah, I like Kokrak and Webb. And I and I like Siwu. I'll give you guys all the guys I have start. Kokrak, Webb, Siwu, Luke List, Brian Harmon, Sebastian Munoz, Gary Woodland, Francesco Molinari. Oh, he's in the sixes. There you go. There it is. I gave it all to you. Yeah. I, yeah. I got I got I got List, Harmon, uh, Munez. I have those three stat as well. Right. That web shit you just spun, I, I don't like what it did to my brain. I don't like that. I don't like having to think about having to play fucking well, web. You're going to hate when it's my turn, then. Uh, you too? All right, let's go to Jeff first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, it's, uh, I'm up. So I was doing some uh, – I was looking at the $7,000 range, looking at, my, looking at the old spreadsheet, and I have to say something jumped out at me. So they have the last, like, 10 years of U.S. Open results, and – there's 40 players that are that are priced in the $7,000 range. And out of those 40 players, there's a combined 27 total top 10s from the guys in this range. And five of them are Louie, three of them are Webb, uh, three up for Scott, and three for Rose for uh, top 10s. And it's just not a lot of pedigree in this range. So, yeah, I do kind of like Webb, uh, Andy. That's a, that's a good call. If we're if I'm look if I'm if I value U.S. Open history, it would be foolish for me to ignore that. Uh, depending on his ownership, uh, Louis he's been he should have won Tory last year. Uh, what did he finish twelfth in the Saudi thing last week? I don't know. He's been bad, uh, but he's been good at he's been good in his last three U.S. Opens. I know that for I know that for sure. Yep, and. So I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Louis. I'm looking at Webb. Andy, you mentioned Brian Harmon. I kind of like him as a as a sneaky underdog play. And what about Patrick Reed at 7,200? Mm-hmm. That guy's 100 to one. Like I got it. I got to bet that he's uh. <laughs> you got to bet I mean, that. Just he, listen, he's not the he's not the straightest. I understand that he's been better. Uh, but you know, I think about these hard grinding golf courses and he's been okay in the u.s open and 
you know, he he went he wanted a, a Tory Pines, he wanted Beth Page Black. It's not as big as those golf courses, but it's quirky and short game. And God, if he could just keep it in the fairway, it's not too long where that's going to be too much of a disadvantage. If he's not in the fairway, and oh God, him winning and going to Saudi, like that's a thing, man. Captain America himself. So I have to des- decide if I'm going to take the plunge with with uh, with Reed. But yeah, a couple of guys in the in the sevens, uh, Reed and uh, Webb, Harmon, and maybe maybe a little Aaron Wise. But I've talked enough. Okay. Wise is not on brand for you. I kind of like him too, but he's like not it. That's not an on brand play for you. He's been. Uh, He's been sneaky, not terrible. And like I said, there's not, there wasn't a lot to go on here experience wise. Uh, so yeah, he was a, like a late ad to the, uh, yeah, no, I like him too. 35th at the Pebble Beach US Open. He's got a couple of top 20s at PGA Championships. So, okay. All right. Before I begin, Andy, no love for Fleetwood this week. Here's the thing, guys. Like, <laughs> if, okay. People just like, it's just, I posted a picture. There was a Twitter thing. Uh, Somebody tweeted out who's going to win the U.S. Open. And I posted a picture of Tommy Fleetwood. And it got 50 fucking likes. And that's when I said, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. I bet him at 80 to 1. Me and Feinberg both did for the brand because I've been saying Tommy Fleetwood's going to win the U.S. Open for a month, but you got to know when, like, I was playing Tommy Fleetwood at the PGA Championship when he finished fifth. I was playing Tommy Fleetwood at the Masters when he finished 14th. I was playing Tommy Fleetwood at the Players when he finished 20th. Now the people that want to play Tommy Fleetwood are not people that I think are smart at golf. So you need, it's just, you got to know when it's time to cut ties, I love Tommy. I have 80 to one on him to win, but I'm not playing him in DraftKings. Okay. Like All it. right. Okay. Just fair points. All right. Um, well, I don't really like Fleetwood, so I wasn't going to uh, <laughs> go with that. So I agree with you on Webb. Uh, the only thing I will add with Webb is that I mentioned, I think, on the Colonial show that he finally decided to change irons. Uh, he wasn't hitting his irons all that great. His caddy finally said, hey, go to the Eagle, hit the ball better out of the rough. Sure enough, he hit his irons great at Colonial, hit it great at the PGA as well. So, yeah, I mean, and like you mentioned, sneaky good U.S. Open history. Uh, I mean, obviously he won, but like recent stuff too. Like, um, you know, he was out of a sea of bombers, one of the only shorter guys in the top 10 at Wingfoot. So I like him. You know, Russell Henley also has pretty good U.S. Open history too. I know his results haven't been all that great, but if I'm looking for a guy who, if he's going to keep in the fairway and – in the given, final group at Torrey Pines last year. Yeah, and he actually, I, I remember at Shinnecock Hills, I think he got off to a really good start, too. I think he just, it was either that or, yeah, it was Shinnecock. He also finished te- uh, top 30 at Aaron Hills as well. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he raises his game in U.S. Open setups. I like him. And then he's not all that popular, but, well, I don't know what the ownership's really going to be. I mean, it's Monday, but. Just kind of for a guy just playing well. If I'm looking for a guy with a little bit of a combination of length and accuracy off the tee, hits his irons okay, okay scrambler. You know, Sebastian Mooney's been pretty solid all this year. Like, if I'm looking for a guy just to make the cut, like, and that's really important this week. I mean, there's what 156 guys, top 68, you know, make the cuts. 
So 7,400 bucks, if he makes the weekend, just kind of keeps it in play. I like him. And like, I mean, look, like I could get on here and talk, you know, talk about Aaron Wise or Connors and all that stuff. But uh, if you're a donkey like me, you play Cam Young at 20% ownership, you're going to have to pivot. So I went to those guys. So those my. You're taking the Cam Young thing too personally. I, I have, like, I, I have, <laughs> you're, one of the, here. You're, you're one of the good guys, Steve. You're, I'm not, you're not in, you're not the type of person I'm, talking about with cam young the difference between you and them is you're playing cam young because you're comparing the architecture of sleepy hollow to uh to the country club everyone else is playing cam young for different reasons because he's the flavor of the week so you're not in that group i'm I'm i love you i'm self-deprecating humor so that's what that's my uh my crutch there so all right uh why don't we take another break and then we will go to the six thousand dollar range all right, gentlemen, you know Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends over at Manscaped are happy to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to take any and all old man hair for head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat them to yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. And listen, the Manscaped is designed for fathers in mind with the performance package 4.0. It's here just in time for your pops uh, special day. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxers or briefs, and a travel bag to hold his goodies. And let me start off by saying the Lawnmower 4.0 will be the official MVP of this Father's Day. The fourth generation trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight uh, where he needs for a more precise shave. Does your dad use the same trimmer for his body and face? Let's throw that out the window and give him the upgrade he deserves. But wait, there's more. Manscaped just launched their new uh, boxers 2.0 that dare I say the best boxes ever. We all know dads love their comfort with summer just around the corner. The boxes 2.0 are here to save every father from uncomfortable heat. These boxes are packed with revolutionary features, including the jewel pouch designed to cradle his boys in their own special space. This right here is the game changer. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash or golfing in the sun, these moisture wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. Dads buy this for yourself. Sons buy this for you and your dad. Ladies buy this for your man and dog daddies. You deserve this treat too. So get 20% off plus free shipping when you get with promo code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code SGP and shake what your mama gave you. Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. Uh, Andy, I think you're first. Well, I don't think you need to go down here. I think okay. you, I have, I have two guys starred. It's, it's Frankie meets at 69. Um, Frankie yep. meets. You know, my first real good DraftKings week was at the U.S. Open last year. Fun fact. I was just a baby in the DraftKings streets. Oh, baby. <laughs> I, I was just learning. And a T14 out of a 1% Frankie Meats, um, you could say, was the inception of my love for DraftKings. Okay. So, I, you know, I think there's a chance that I may have to pay it forward and go right back to, to Frankie meets. Um, and then Adri Arnaus, um, I pull some stuff from the Euro tour and I, f- 
think he's a good play. And then I asked some people that actually watch the Euro tour and know who Adrian Nels is. And they're like, yeah, maybe. So I, I, mean, I have <laughs> to do a deep, I have Luke to do a deeper that. dive on, on, on Adrian Nels, but he popped in some things. He hits it up. Maybe, you know, Steve, do you watch the Euro tour? I know you take stats from it like me sometimes, but do you watch it? Adrian Nars like wins on the Euro tour. He's a top 25 machine and he bombs it off the tee. Yeah, I mean, like, that's one of the... There's very select guys I track over there. Like, basically, you got to start doing things in order to kind of make my radar. That's one of those guys, um, you know, it's not quite on the radar yet. So I, okay. I don't have many takes about, about him, unfortunately. So I have okay. a take about another guy who I've been tracking for a while now. Is okay. it Victor Perez? It is Victor Perez. <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh, play, too. I've been told sharps are on Perez. I've been... Okay. Yep. Uh, Jeff, why, why don't you go first, and then I will. Uh, wow. I knew I knew Andy was going to mention Molinari. I didn't, I didn't even have to bring it up. I knew he was going to mention him. I knew he was going to mention Tory last year, and I like Molinari a lot. I've already been in text with my brother that we have to play him at 150. My buddy put in a bet already down the FanDuel sportsbook, so I'm in on Molinari. I like that. Uh, the only other guys that I like, this field kind of sucks. I I know I know it's a major open, but some of these guys that are pricing the sixes, it's it's terrible. Well, the six uh, K range sucks. The the field doesn't. Suck. Hey, you the guys aren't going to take sucks. the the flop lag on Chris Goddard who was twenty percent last week. Oy vey. that's Wait, the type of people that I'm talking about. The people that played yeah. Chris Goddard at twenty percent. There you go. I wow. think that. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I might have dabbled a little in the MMA just in case. There's a Chris Nagel in this. There's a Nagel in this field. There is. I was going to bring him up to you. I wanted to ask if he was your fucking cousin. There is not. But uh, anyway, I I like uh, thinking about Mackenzie Hughes. Again, Andy's right. You may not have to go down here. But if you did, if you wanted to double stack of guys at the top or whatever, Mackenzie Hughes, I think, has been playing a little bit better. You know, that grinder, hard golf course type guy, maybe. And uh, at 6,400. Ugliest man in golf, Bo Hostler sitting down there. Let's go. He's been, Olymp- shout out Olympic Club, reverse Cambridge Fairways. He's been um yeah, he's been I, I never played Bo Hostler. He's not certainly not one of my guys, but he is now. Uh, you got all these you got all these local qualifiers down there, and Bo Hostler's he's been he's been okay. And I wanted to comp some like regular tour stops with uh with rough around the greens, like a memorial and bay hill and uh, Steve, what was the other one? Uh, Tory, we talked about. I think Bo Hostler's got t- top twenties at like all three of those venues. Not that that means in, anything. He came in third at Pebble. He's also got like a body stashed in his trunk. Hey, listen, he might. He might. Who cares? He's a sixty-four hundred hour guy. That I like him too. Yeah, it might be okay. So yeah, I don't like a lot in the sixes. I do like Molinari a lot. And where did Frankie Meats come from? I want to know. Just- Cause, I, cause he's Italian against Italians. Hey, okay. it's a spicy meatball. I don't think that's racist, but okay, Frankie. I, okay, I'm sorry. Is Frankie that offensive? Am I going to get like a Gambino family? Fucking. I hadn't uh, heard that nickname culture. before. I didn't know if you started that or if that's like. I don't. I've definitely heard that before. I did not start it. I'm not the first to say. <laughs> Listen, it. I don't I'm, know who said it, but anyway. I'm all about disparaging Italians. The okay. um. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, I was going to say something. Maybe we should cut that out, too. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) uh, 
I don't know. Keep going. Now I fucking. All right, fine. All right, it's it's my turn. Um, I I don't mind the Mackenzie Hughes plays. Uh, Jeff. Um, I mean, if you like Patrick Reed this week to win, kind of like a rock fight, getting up and down. Um, you know, that's your guy. Like, I mean, he grinded out a pretty good finish last week too. He didn't have a, he didn't have his best stuff, but still grinded out a top thirty there. So I I don't mind that. Um, I mean, Matthew Neesmith, I know he's only has one major to his record. It was terrible. I think it was at Chambers Bay. He got, he got cut and missed it by a mile. But if you're looking for a guy who generally hits it into the fairway, gains some strokes off the tee, the iron plays okay, you know, a cheap option to maybe make a weekend, that might be someone to, you know, to go with. He's been playing a little better lately too. And then Victor Perez. So he was in the outhouse for a while. That was a guy who, what, finished top 10 of the players last year, T4 um, at the match play. And then he went into the fucking woods. The ball striking stats just dropped off. He was a mess off the tee. Comes back recently, last five tournaments, he's got, I think, four top 30s. He won the Dutch Open. I think he finished third at um, the Porsche European Open, too. All the ball striking stats look like they're pretty good. He's gained about one and a half strokes tee degree in the last 12 rounds. He's added some distance off the tee as well, so that maybe you know might help him this week as well. And his iron's great. Um, I like him. The Unfortunately, I know that sometimes I get on this show and talk about a European Tour player that is a little bit, you know, I like, and then usually by Thursday afternoon when he's uh, plus nine, I usually get an angry text message from my co-host saying, why the fuck did you mention this guy? So, uh, <laughs> you know, buyer beware. <laughs> Is this the guy you were telling me that I was going to have 75% ownership of? Who's that guy? No, we'll talk about offline. Why offline? Xander just, go, Xander just, just go, posted just an Instagram of him hitting some, some pure golf shots at the country club. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll leave you in a couple of minutes. The, um, oh, so what I was going to say was, Andy, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you'd only have to see this on reruns. Francesco Molinari looks like the detective from the cartoon, The Pink Panther. I know Nagels fucking knows what I'm talking about. No, he doesn't. What the fuck, dude? Did no one else watch The Pink Panther? I just texted to Steve, too. And I will text both of you guys a picture. He looks just like him. Okay. Awesome. I look forward to it. Anyway, I was on Hostler. I like Neesmith. Um, what about Taylor? Taylor, too. He played well at Pebble. He's coming in in decent form. He fucked me out of my top 20 bet with three bogeys. I had him at 7-1 last week. Three bogeys on the back nine. All he had to do was just not do that. Um, but look, 15 of the Wells Fargo. Um, played well at the uh, API and the Honda. 14th at Pebble. This low down. Why not Taylor? I'm with you guys on, on Hostler and Neesmith. Does anybody hate Taylor? Nick Taylor? Yes. I did not know he was playing. I can look. I like Neesmith as in terrible. I, I mean, listen, I love I love Nick Taylor. Usually. Yeah. Um, I had him I had dude, I had him seven and one last week and he was in like fucking fifth on Saturday and ended up T twenty seven. Well, you know, that's the Nick Taylor life, man. You guys gotta roll with it. Here's what it is. <laughs> All right. Out, outright time. So outright. Jeff, why don't we start with you? Do you got any outrights you got laid down already? Not uh yeah, kind of. Kind of sort of. I have. Uh, I'm in on a Molinari bet. Um, does it matter what the range is, or can no, I just, no, just whatever, whatever, no, you, whatever you're late? Yeah, I got. Um, I'm gonna bet Reed. I'm gonna bet Molinari. I'm probably gonna bet Hideki. <sighs> probably Brooks because I can't help it. I don't know. I'm not confident in like one particular. Like, oh, this guy, he's gonna be my winner and my one and done. And I'm not there yet, but. Looking at the outright markets, like some of these guys are going to get some sprinkles. 
that's for sure. And then we'll see if anything pops up in the next couple of days. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now. Perfect. Okay. Andy, what about you? And we're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it costs you less than three bucks a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than any cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery. And they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, I'm not going to lie. I gave Rory at 12 to 1 like a – we had a long cup of look. coffee. Yeah. We it, Like a long – I just – long look and then i i ultimately decided against it uh but listen you know i i've hit five this year i hit a big bet on jt at the pga i'm up money on xander because i bet him at the zurich and won that i get the fucking oh why would you bet xander when you could bet colin at a bigger number like i get it but fuck off i've had a great season it's the U.S. Open. It's my favorite tournament of the year, so I bet Xander at twenty-five to one. Um, twenty-five. That's not bad, right? Oh, that's a bad that's, number. Yeah. So I, I bet I bet Xander at twenty-five to one, and I bet Patrick Cantlay at twenty-eight to one. And so what, I can I finish the? Yeah, yeah, that's it because it's almost done. I only got five of them. Xander twenty-eight, uh, Xander twenty-five, Cantlay twenty-eight, Neiman forty. Sung J sixty six, Fleetwood eighty. That's it. I like how you attack. That's people the squad before they even attacked you. I I've attacked. I've attacked a lot of people. Today. I love I've probably move. alienated a lot of people. It. Do we want to shoot on NFTs at the my, same time? With my, with my comments in, in today's show, I just so love the attacking people before they can attack you. That's that's, that's my that's my betting card. Those oh. five guys. We're going to battle at Boston Tea Party. We're going to battle. That's okay. Fun. All right. Um, I mean, I'm going to die on this. Cantlay sucks on Bermuda, but he plays great on like Poe and Ryegrass and everything. And I got him at 25 to one as well. Uh, I like this golf course setup for him. Uh, I think this is a little more of a plotter track and that's, those are the type of tracks I've noticed that he's been a little better on. So I'm going with it. Uh, I like him at 25 to one. Uh, and if I think about Brookline, just weird, funky, like, quirky all that stuff like why wouldn't i play jordan spieth i understand that maybe some of the off the tee stuff maybe it's a little bit of a mirage but i mean the stats say <laughs> it's it's been great this is definitely the best off the tee he's been coming into a u.s open and i kind of took a mentality of this place of it's not link style but i feel like you got to have like a links mentality kind of just like all right just like all right visualize the shot you know have a lot of like creativity creativity around the golf course and that's me and the number I got was 35 to one. I understand like, you know, now it's like 20 to one, but I like the price when I got it. Um, I also my walking Neiman. That's why I didn't mention him back in the $8,000 range. I really like Neiman this week. I liked a lot of things I saw on the stat page. He's long. He's really improved his act. Um, not, I mean, not necessarily the accuracy, but like the good dry percentage basically he isn't putting himself as mm -hmm. much trouble as what like, you know, he could be doing. It's basically, it's not enough trouble in order to still find the green improved scrambling. 
He won a Riviera. He also did really well at Olympia Fields back in 2020. That tough, mm. uh, you know, U.S. Open type setup there. Noted Munoz, by the way. And speaking of that, you know, we haven't really talked about agronomy tonight as far as the Bent Poa Greens. Those were Bent Poa Greens. Uh, the Detroit Golf Club, Bent Poa Greens there too. Mm. Um, Loving this. So maybe, you know, there might be something that he likes those uh, type of greens. So 41 on Neiman. And then we didn't mention him earlier, and it's 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 not a perfect case, but I like what Max Home has been doing ever since the farmer's insurance open. It's not a perfect bulletproof like case with him. There's definitely some flaws. I mean, flaws. I mean, the pause about him absolutely crushing it off the tee, really improved his accuracy off the tee, too. He's got a good combination of length and accuracy, and his iron's really great. The negatives about him is his short game is a little deficient, but if you look at just some of the results this year, there's a couple handful of tournaments where he's just been absolutely disastrous. But he's shown some upside in a couple other tournaments too. He's actually coming in scrambling a little better. So there's a little bit of volatility there, maybe hitting up up week with that. And then the bogey avoidance rate, I know he doesn't rank very well in that, but a lot of that came from this year, everything before the farmers. Since the farmers, his bogey avoidance rate is only 14, 14.2%. That's good for like T30. So he's just playing really good. There's a little bit of shades of Gary Woodland and the fact that like Woodland didn't really do much in majors before he won Pebble. And then finally he got like a top 10 or two before that. He finally broke through, you know, Homa finally finished T 13 at Southern Hills. Maybe that's some of the confidence he needs to finally kind of break through. So um, I like those four. And then I'm considering, I probably have room for one more considering the Xander outright kind of waiting to see what the weather looks like. Uh, Hideki's on my radar. If he slips a little bit, um, and then I'm kind of hoping that that PM AM split is bad for like a JT because I feel like he can kind of weather the storm kind of like he did Southern Hills and the players and maybe I get a little better number on him and then maybe over the weekend he pounces and you know, I can maybe bet him live. So those are just things I'm monitoring for outrights. All right, Capper, what about you? All right, so I'm on Xander at 25 to 1. He was the first that I made of the week. Uh, I texted Steve wow. about him. Yeah, I texted Steve about him last week. Like, That's a great sign. <laughs> yeah, listen, I don't bet Xander a lot. I don't. And uh, I feel it like hasn't worked out when you have. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's got me a first round leader. I don't bet him a lot. Like, dude, I can count on my hand. No, he on, hasn't. On one hand. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's got me some. Oh, he hasn't one in Unless you bet him at the Zurich, you're down money on him. No, 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 no. I bet, I bet him placements. I think I bet him outright maybe twice in my life. Twice, maybe. And whatever, dude. I texted Steve about it, but he was the first golfer that I thought about. Um, and so I bet him. Uh, Spieth at 28. Uh, I'm sinking on the Cantlay ship as well. I have Burns at a future. I have him at 66. Um, and then I have Neiman at 52. What? Okay. Where, where's the Neiman 52? <laughs> dude, I have this. I, so I have, I have this really soft local <laughs> who, wait, I will text you some of the top 20 numbers I get. I've yeah, been taking dude. this poor. I've been taking this poor guy to the cleaners every fucking week. It's, yeah, can you like text me when you got that shit going on? Yeah, that's crazy. Can I ask one quick question before sure. we go? Sure. Am I like overrating how afraid? It, does the Rory thing not feel to you guys a little bit like Rom last year, where Rom was playing so good coming in last year, and we all kept trying to figure out reasons why he wasn't going to win? And I mean, it's I just like, oh, yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, like, or do you guys think I'm overrating the Rory thing? And you I guess guys aren't here's, scared here's my hesitation with Rory this week. 
quirky and Rory, I don't feel like are in the same sentence. That's that's yeah. my only pause. Yeah, you know what else is weird about Rory? He's 114th in this field in putting from 5 to 10 feet over the last year. Yeah. Weird. Kind of scary that he's been so good despite not making right. five to ten footers. Right. I mean, he shot sixty-two and missed three putts inside five feet in his last round. Yeah, but so, he also drained like fucking three from thirty-five feet. So, like, I don't know. I I'm like like just like I'm. I'm maybe I'm getting too swept up in the narrative, but I just I kind of see it. Oh, it's it's scary. But like last year, last year I literally single bet. That was it. One bullet. John Rahm, my only outright. The U.S. Open. Yeah. What did Rory do in the PGA last year at at, at the Osher Course, where he was a favorite coming in because he was a, he won there before, and he was just coming off the win at the at the at Quail Hollow? Didn't that happen last year? He wasn't relevant. I don't think he was as buzzy as this week. There wasn't good versus evil. But when there was a buzz going into Portrush because he's the Ireland yes. guy, how did yes. that first round go? Yes, That's, no, those are the vibes is- I'm getting. I'm waiting for Rory to okay. fall flat on his face. But okay, okay, I'm all right. all that's what but, I needed to hear. I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting all the Rory hype and him not to do anything. Okay. Just, well, okay, and, that's fair. It, that's it, what I. That's the counter argument I needed to hear. Well, okay. no, but if he goes and wins, it's not my fault. I mean, yeah, he can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, I, think, Rory, I, I think I'll add one more thing. I think the <laughs> Anderker said that Rory had no shot of winning this week. Oh no! Did he so, really? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not great. That's going to him in his favor. His reason, by the way, for saying Rory had no shot of winning was, did you hear this? Uh-huh. He said Rory could have closed the door on like the 16th hole and won by four strokes. So I wasn't convinced he was dying to give that tournament away. Oh, my God. I mean, look, <laughs> he was he he definitely if if Fina, I, I still stand by a Fina made that fucking bunny five footer on 15. Yeah. Like you had him put, too, Capper. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I had him too. <laughs> and yeah. I think that would have changed it because it would have put more pressure on Rory. Like after, like right after the bogey. Like I don't know. I feel like it would have played out different. But who the fuck knows? Doesn't matter. Rory closed it out. Is what it is. I'm terrified of him this week, just like you are. But I'm not betting him at fucking ten to one back to back. Sorry, I'll okay. just lose my money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. All right. So. All right. Uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, Jeff, plug Andy, away. why are you? Uh, I'm sorry, Capper. Did you say something? Yeah, plug away is what I was saying, yeah. Jeff. Uh, yeah, plug uh, give us some plugs. Uh, Andy, why don't you start with you? Uh, why don't you plug uh, whatever you want? Well, I'm busy these weeks. Um, I'll keep it very simple. You can follow me on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. I do. Uh, I have two podcasts coming out, one already out. One's a deep dive on Brookline. That one's already out. I have a show with Pat Mayo coming out tomorrow morning or late tonight. And then I have a show with... Kobe Dubose coming out uh, in what Tuesday night. If you don't know Kobe, he's he's won about almost a million dollars in DraftKings over the last year. Um, he's a great guy. So uh, that'll be fun. And four times a year for the majors, I I do a giveaway too for for five star review on on Apple Podcasts. So. If you could leave me a five star review, that'd be sweet, and you, know, I'll give you cash or my Scotty Cameron putter, which is what I'm also giving away. If people would prefer that, uh, but yeah, the podcast is that one's my baby. So yeah, I do a bunch of other stuff for Rick Gaming too, and and all that stuff's on my Twitter. But if you could check out the podcast, that'd be tight. Okay, nice. all right, Jeff. What about you? Plug away. Oh wow, Wednesday nights, uh, Nagels Bagels on the old Twitter YouTube channel. 
like and subscribe, watch a replay, whatever you want to do, retweet, all that good stuff. But yeah, I'll just I'm gonna go through. I just do my uh, preview show this this year. We're gonna be live up in Boston Wednesday night. Uh, hey, we got Rory Xander and Hideki uh, pairing on Thursday <laughs> Friday. So that'll be. Uh, I'm gonna get all all sorts of angles from. Those guys. I'll be rooting for Xander. I'll probably have money on Hideki. I'm going to hopefully watch Rory shoot 80, but we'll see. Um, That's so annoying, too. Like, is I, I feel like if I was going, I would want Xander with, like, Russell know, like Yeah. Yeah. Like, or Cam <laughs> Smith Harvard. and Hoblet. Yeah. Or just like, yeah. Oh, we got Hose last year. He was playing, he was paired with Phil. That's a and, freaking mob scene. It's the worst. Like, there's always like two mobs on the course. It's like, whoever's following Smith around and whoever's following Rory around. And, well, Normally, anyway, it's just I'm gonna be stuck in a mob. It'll be fine. I I'll I'll navigate. But yeah, well, Wednesday nights, uh, Nagels Bagels on Twitter, YouTube, and uh, thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. Good to talk to you as always. Always, always a good time. Steve, you got anything else, brother? No, that's it. Uh, Toronto, uh, Pamela Maldonado of Yahoo Sports on with us to uh, break down the betting card, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow night. Yep, that's it. And uh, don't forget about our props contest that I talked about pre-show. And uh, yeah, other than that. Fucking U.S. Open week, baby. Let's fucking go.